0: talk about Antonio Brown we can also talk about Juju Smith-Schuster because he is following in Antonio Brown's footsteps maybe more accurately I should say dancing in Antonio Brown's footsteps because nobody out the hut Juju Smith-Schuster is 21 and he's already ubiquitous he's already a media conglomerate he's already a social media giant he's already a brand Juju has done all that before becoming an all-pro, a pro bowler, or even his team's leading receiver. Well, actually, right now, Juju is his team's leading receiver, which I'm sure Antonio O'Brien is absolutely thrilled about. Will it all come good for Juju Smith-Schuster? I don't know. In some ways, for A.B., it has come good. The stats, the fame, the money, but in some glaring ways... It has not. It all ties into a football player thinking that some things are more important than football. That definitely includes Juju. Heck, he said that out loud. The key thing is, these lids are dope, I'm lit AF, and nobody odd pizzas the hut. And if you think anybody can odd pizza the hut, then guess what, you stupid idiot? You just made the list! I kind of wrapped it up in odd fashion. I know everybody loves Juju and he's playing great. But who'd he ever beat? Or to quote the referee in Slapshot, too much too soon. The list brought to you by Matt March's Plumbing. Can't let a name you could trust. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Joe Hayden said he thinks the Steelers are going to back off having corners cover gunners on special teams, to which uh, Adam Crowley tweeted, why not? They backed off covering everybody else. Whammy! I didn't make a big enough deal out of that uh, after the Cleveland game, that Joe Hayden got hurt playing special teams. Why the frig? Is Joe Hayden out there on special teams? The poor judgment in that is absolutely astounding. Okay, we've been talking all day about what A.B. said to the media today. And the contradictions are plenty. He said his absence was excused, and Tomlin knew about it, but he also admitted that he got fined. Well, why'd you get fined if your absence was excused? A.B. talked about how Randy Fickner, the offensive coordinator, discovered him at Central Michigan, so why would he yell at him? Okay, but we actually saw you yell at him. Uh, A.B. said he dedicates 20 hours of his day to football, which would make him either a vampire or the walking dead. He does not dedicate 20 hours of his life per day at football he said he blew up on the sideline because the Steelers were losing by 40 but the Steelers were never losing by 40 at that point in fact I think they were tied AB said he doesn't hide from anybody and that's true except for Sunday after the game and then Monday when he didn't show up for work AB also bragged about coming to work every day But he didn't do that Monday, and we've talked about nothing but that since. What, did he think we forgot? 412-333-9939. If you haven't spotted that this guy's a jerk-off by now, then you are yourself a jerk-off or just refuse to spot the obvious. Then again, how about those Buccos? The Buccos with a fifth straight win last night. The Pirates are now three games over five hundred. The Pirates are now just six games out of the wild card. Just six games away from claiming that second wild card spot. Uh, It's too little too late. A kid at the bagel shop today asked me if the Pirates could get that wild card. And I said, kid, look, I'm a star. Don't talk to me. Just make with the bagels. What does finishing over 500 mean to you if you're a Pirate fan? Because all it really means is no playoffs. But maybe they've laid some groundwork for the future. But will they spend to augment what they've got? Chris Archer pitched very well last night. A, that's big. B, it's about time. He went seven innings as well. For the Pirates to keep moving forward next year, Archer got to be their number one starter. And Williams, Musgrove, and Tyon have to keep pitching like they are. That's a real tall order, but if you're going to dream, dream big. Uh, up next, it's up to you. We'll either take your calls about B's interview today and about the Steelers. The big story today is, and I have talked about it, so don't accuse me of not. Foster, DeCastro, and Gilbert are all some degree hurt. What if all three can't go Sunday? That might be a death sentence for that game, and by extension, the Steelers' playoff hopes. So if you want to talk about uh, anything anything regarding the Steelers, call now 412-333-WXDX. Otherwise, I have an amazing segment Colin Coward did that pretty much just eviscerates Tomlin. But in very well spoken and logical fashion. See, that's how you get them. You get them with truth. 1059 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I'm one of a kind on the radio. Thank you for being the best damn radio host in Pittsburgh. It's a family affair. The X at 1059. Here's an interesting soundbite from Colin Coward, a Fox Sports who is so good. It's about the momentum Mike Tomlin inherited from Bill Cowher when Tomlin succeeded Cowher as the Steelers' head coach, about how the first five years of Tomlin's tenure in Pittsburgh benefited greatly from the momentum inherited from Bill Cowher. But since then, it's been Mike Tomlin's team, and it's not been as good. Let's listen to what Colin Coward has to say about the transition from Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin and how Tomlin's kind of dropped the ball once the momentum he inherited wore off. Colin Coward here on
1: 105.9. According to an NF, uh, AFC coach, was quoted saying it's a circus over there. Mike has no control. He's one of the best coaches, but the players have way too much control over there. It's an absolute circus. And I just want to talk about Mike Tomlin. And, I, and I've said before, he's Pete Carroll. He can coach. I'm not doubting that. But he's too loose, No discipline. We would all admit, here's something that's real in life, momentum. I mean, Barry Switzer, you don't think of him as a great NFL coach, but he took Jimmy Johnson's draft picks and contracts and culture and momentum and won a Super Bowl. Now, four years later, they were 6-10, and he was fired. Mark Helfrich took over Chip Kelly's football team, used that momentum in year one or two to get to a national title game. Three years later, he's out of work. Larry Coker in Miami took over the Miami Hurricanes. couple years, really good. Year three, not as good. Year five, out of work. Momentum is a real thing. I could take over a really successful company. I wouldn't ruin it in six days. There'd start to be leaks in six weeks, and in six months, I'd blow the thing up because I don't know what I'm doing, right? If I was running a business, I'm not a businessman. I'm not a CEO. I didn't go to Harvard Business School. Momentum's a real thing. So I want you to think about this. So when Mike Tomlin is... Let's break his career into halves, okay? Ten years of coaching. So let's go to his first five years when he took Mike Tomlin's momentum. Tomlin had nine players on the roster that were either pro bowlers or he had drafted and they were going to be pro bowlers. Many of them on defense. Coward was a defensive guy. In the first five years, using Tomlin's draft picks, culture, momentum, he won almost 70% of his games. Five playoff wins, four playoff appearances, two Super Bowls. But since that time, the second half of his career, this is now Mike Tomlin's team. Those cower players have retired, free agents, got hurt, left. Now it's his roster, totally his footprint. The second half, the longer it's his team, the numbers aren't the same. And here's what's more troubling is that if you look at the first five years when he took over Cowers' culture, defensive players, many of his you know, coaches, the Steelers' defensive ranks. And remember, Cower and Tomlin are defensive guys. In the first five years, the defense was ranked first, fifth, second, first, first, sixth. Wow. But now the defense, and Tomlin's a defensive guy, it's his. His draft picks, his coaching, his staff, his assistants. His his mind is his everything. The defensive ranks have gone to 14th, 18th, 21st, 12th, 5th, now 25th this year. That's the problem. The offense isn't the issue. Okay, Cower was never an offensive genius. He was a defensive guy. And when Cower was there, first, fifth, second, first, first, sixth, he took care of his side of the ball. Okay, Belichick even gives his offense to assistant coaches, Charlie Weiss, Josh McDaniels, Bill O'Brien. But if you look as the momentum of Cowher has dissipated, and it is now Tomlin's team, the offensive stars are rolling their eyes, calling out Tomlin because his side of the ball isn't working. It's not that I think Tomlin's a bad coach. I've said it about Pete Carroll. But momentum has always been a real thing. And I don't think people have ever kind of put their arms around this and said, let's cut Tomlin's career into two halves. The first half, he took some momentum from Cower. A roster, a culture, defensive players, draft picks. After about five years, those guys leave, retire, get hurt, move on, get too old, then it's yours. Your footprint, your draft picks, your coaches, completely your culture. And the defensive side of the ball, frankly, it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. And that's on Tomlin. So nobody is insinuating he's Barry Switzer, least of all me. But momentum's real. And I think the longer Mike is running this organization, the leaks are real, should be discussed, need to be fixed, because they are a circus, and they are not close defensively in the last five or six years to what he inherited. Momentum's real. He doesn't have it anymore. And I think sometimes Mike is being exposed. That's Colin Coward. Up next,
0: it is finally time for the Mark Madden show to walk with Elias. Elias from Plumborough in WWE, he's up next here on the X. X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Double M. What's up, brother? Hey, Double M. Well, I love Sally Wiggum, but not as much as soccer. I think it's the best thing I've
1: almost ever heard. VX at 1059. <laughs>
0: Every day when I get up in the morning, I ask myself, what would Elias do? And today, I get to ask him a few things right here on 105.90X. From Plum, the cradle of so many great athletes, from WWE, we get to walk with Elias. Uh, Elias, this is long overdue. A lot of crazy things have happened with your career since you showed up in WWE last year. But you did an EP, music that went to number 13 on iTunes. That music thing really plays a big part in your character, doesn't it?
2: Mark, what an introduction, man. I could have just sat here and listened to that all day. That was <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, of course, music is a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of what I do in WWE. Uh, I released that that album, the EP, right there. You said number 13 on iTunes. Um, I've got evidence that it was up as high as number 6, I believe. So, Uh, Again, I don't know how those numbers come about, but anyways, it did very well worldwide, uh, which is no surprise to me, really. It's racing
0: up the charts as we speak, I imagine. Now, did you play the guitar before you went to WWE, and who decided to incorporate the music into your persona?
2: Yes, I did. I've been playing guitar since I was a young teenager, And you know what? It just kind of came together through a discussion I had with Dusty Rhodes one day uh, during my time in NXT. I was just telling him about my life, things that interest me. I brought up the guitar, how I like to play blues. Uh, The next time I talked to him, I brought the guitar. I told a little story in between me playing some riffs on the guitar. And uh, Dusty just looked at me and he said, there it is, man. Whatever that is, hold on to it and run with it. So. Uh, so I have ever since.
0: Well, I'm very heartened to hear that. I worked with Dusty uh, way back in WCW, and it's nice to hear that uh, so many of his ideas uh, live on. Now, the music stuff gets real heat, doesn't it? Especially when you sing about the town you're in. There's nothing quite like the localized insult, is there?
2: Well, you know what? People say, you know, do you not like the towns you go to, whatever it is. Mark, I say when I'm up there, I'm just speaking my truth, okay? That's all it is. <laughs> I just I got to tell it like it is, and if the people don't like it, that's on them. The truth can hurt sometimes.
0: Now, a big moment for you. You lasted 26 minutes in the Royal Rumble this year, which is a long time. What was that like physically? And in terms of keeping your head on a swivel and contributing to the match, I've been told the first time in the Royal Rumble is pretty tough.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, man, the thing is I try to stay prepared for all things at all times, no matter it, it be a random promo in the ring or or some kind of long, lengthy match. I'm kind of always ready. Uh I've been a fan of wrestling my entire life, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. Uh, I did, I think, 26 minutes there, but I've had, you know, 33-plus minutes on Monday Night Raw. I did the Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia, so... Uh, it doesn't stand out to me particularly as, as any more difficult than anything else.
0: Now you feuded with Seth Rollins not too long ago and had a match with him at the Money in the Bank uh, event. What was that like? Because that's rarefied
2: air. Uh, he's a top guy, a big star, and a pretty good performer too. Yeah, you know, I got I got only good things to say about Seth. Aside from the fact that he cheated to win there, uh, but again, that's just <laughs> that that's just a testament to who i am if he has the cheat to beat me that said i thought it was a fantastic match i could definitely do it and again that's just where i expect elias to be and i think the rest of the world does as well
0: now you worked and trained locally in the iwc the international wrestling cartel a pittsburgh promotion you were logan shulo aka heavy metal jesus how much did that experience help because that's where i first saw you perform and it didn't take long to realize that you had something
2: no, I can remember uh, very early on when you saw me, maybe when we first met, that you were you kind of told me the same thing, you know, that I had something uh, special. And like I said, I kind of knew all along my whole life that I had something, so it was only a matter of time. But IWC, what a fantastic place, fantastic company, uh, a lot of great people involved there. And, of course, the experience you get along the way, wrestling and uh, in front of crowds and different kind of crowds definitely helps just mold everything you need to get to that next level.
0: Now, from there you went to NXT in, in 2014, WWE's developmental promotion, which has become quite the brand in its own right. When when you got there, how much did WWE want you to change because they really are very specific about the way they want wrestlers to perform?
2: Yeah, you know what? i, I got to say it wasn't so much a WWE agenda. I, I had different inputs from guys and the coaches at the time and things like that who would give their direction more or less but i gotta tell you nxt uh for me was all about finding myself um you know it was never about trying to fit into a certain wwe mold or anything like that it was just about finding myself and letting that explode onto you know the rings, the, the microphone the camera whatever i gotta do
0: and really, your character hasn't changed a lot since NXT. I mean, they shortened your name, maybe made the music more prominent, but uh, it's been Eli since day one, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, you know, it's always the same. It is evolving. You know, I was the drifter in NXT, but I, I, I say that I found my home. I'm no longer drifting. I belong on Monday Night Raw in front of millions of people. Uh, so that's kind of the change, you know, and then... It's it's a natural thing, you know. I was walking around town to town singing songs, and now I'm performing in front of millions of people every week. So it's kind of a natural rock star evolution going on.
0: We're talking to Elias, WWE superstar here on 105.9 The X. What was the hardest adjustment when you started working for for NXT? What was the one thing that maybe came just a bit tougher? Jeez. uh,
2: So for NXT, you know, um, you just... Again, I say you're finding yourself. So when you're trying to find yourself, there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of failures that come along with that. So a lot of a lot of trial and error until you really see what works, what doesn't work, uh, which direction to go, things like that. So I don't know if that's necessarily the answer you're looking for.
0: Well, well, the next question is very similar. What was the jump like then from NXT to WWE? I, I imagine that's more a matter of raised expectations and, of course, more
2: pressure. Of course, that all comes with it, and again, just being a fan of wrestling my entire life and wanting to be here, I knew what to expect, so nothing threw me too much. Uh, But i got to say, a lot of what I was doing on the NXT live events, if you ever saw me at NXT Pittsburgh or anything, one of these road shows, a lot of what I was doing there is what was taken and put onto Monday Night Raw TV. Uh, so, whereas, like, maybe on NXT TV, I was a little bit more cryptic and not so much focused on the music. I was doing a lot of that on the live events, and it's almost like they took my live event act, put it to Monday Night Raw. And uh, so, you know, I was very comfortable from the start.
0: How old were you when you decided, hey, this is what I want to do, and who or what made you decide you wanted to do it?
2: Man, I, I got to say, it was about 15 years old when I said, okay. I'm gonna do this. I can remember telling my friends, "Like, all right, that's it. I gotta be a WWE superstar. I gotta be a wrestler." Um, and I gotta say, it was probably Shawn Michaels was my biggest influence. I was such a fan of him. He's so good in the ring. He's so charismatic, uh, and he just had a great story. The whole boyhood dream story really hooked me when I was a kid.
0: Now, uh, besides Michaels, who have been your bigger, biggest influences, uh, both in terms of setting an example and then? Once you got the NXT and WWE in terms of training you,
2: yeah, of course. So all right, so I've I've loved Macho Man Randy Savage and Jake the Snake as wrestlers. Just being able to study those guys and watch them, and over the years, and then going through the system in, in NXT. I mean, guys like I mean Terry Taylor is just so much knowledge, uh, and he just he's just done everything. And on that same end, when I got to NXT, I was able to. Uh, Work like one-on-one with Shawn Michaels when I was there. So it was really kind of a full circle thing for me, uh, for the guy that, that really got me into wrestling, to work with him for a few months before I got called to Monday Night Raw.
0: Now, it feels right now like like your best days are still ahead of you, obviously at age 30. It feels like they got to find some big issue for you. Uh, right now, the music stuff, it's getting a big pop. Somebody interrupts. That gets you interaction with a lot of superstars past and present. But that big issue for you is still out there, isn't it?
2: Of course it is, yeah. And, uh, of of course, the, the bigger days are all ahead, man. But, you know, a lot of those decisions aren't up to me. Most of the time, I'm just out there performing, doing my thing. And whoever interrupts seems to be the case. But I got a feeling I'll be interrupting somebody very soon because I've had just about enough of not having a championship. Who did you get the biggest kick out of when they interrupted you? Oh, man. Um... You know, it's nice to have Alexa Bliss interrupt you. I'll just say that.
0: (laughs) Now, uh, you've got something going with Lashley right now, don't you? Uh, Where's that going to go?
2: If it was up to me, it would just stop completely, and I'd never see the guy again. Um, You know, he interrupted me for a little while. He tried to make his comeback at my expense. But, really, I'm over the guy. I think most of the uh, uh, WWE Universe is over the guy. Now he's got this uh, little man, little Leo Rush, with him uh, who might – you know, boost something in the Bobby. But in the meantime, I'd rather not deal with the guy. Are you aligned with Kevin Owens now? No, I got nothing wrong with Kevin Owens. Me and him got a big tag team match coming up in Australia in about two weeks. Uh, you know, I think Kevin Owens is a great wrestler. I think he's a smart man. So I don't want to say I'm necessarily aligned with him, but I got nothing wrong with, with Kevin Owens. Now, what is it about Plum,
0: where you're from? You got Pat McAfee you got R.J. Umberger, and now you got you, Elias. It really is the cradle of great athletes, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's something in the water, if it's the borough fields down there in Plum Borough or, or what it is, but uh, there's definitely something special going on in that area.
0: Well, they keep arresting the teachers. Maybe it's good you didn't get an education degree. Yeah, yeah, I had nothing to do with that. You got no comment on any of those people. Now, did you play sports at Plum, or, or did you just always want to be a wrestler and everything built toward that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I always wanted to be a wrestler, but I did play baseball my entire life. That's why I threw out the Burrowfields thing. There. So I, I played baseball up until I was about, I want to say, maybe 18, 19 years old. But, yeah, I played on all the traveling teams and uh, the all-star teams and in-house teams, anything you could name it. I was always playing baseball.
0: Now, what's your family and friends from Plum think of all this? And might I say, I sat right by your mom at Raw when it was in town, and she was very animated, to say the least. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, they they get a kick out of it. They're they're beyond proud of me. They're excited to watch everything I do. And uh they're just uh they're, they're a great group of supporters from all my friends and family, man. It's just uh it's really fun to to be able to do what I do and have that kind of support on the back end, man. It's it's amazing.
0: Now you're 30, which is young for this. Where do you want to see your career go before it's all over? I mean, everybody wants the main event WrestleMania. That's got to be the goal,
2: right? Of course it is, man. Of course, because as it stands right now, that's as big as it gets in wrestling. So if your main event in WrestleMania, that's as big as it gets. Of course, I want to have bigger performances, uh, more important, more high profile matches, and just you know, classic wrestling matches. And for Elias, classic musical performances to lead into them.
0: When are, when's the concert tour going to be? I mean, big concerts, big venues, stadiums. Chad, you know well, what I mean? You know,
2: they, they've done some test marketing here, Mark. You know, I, I've sold out the garden now three times. I've headlined that thing, went up against The Undertaker, in case you didn't know that, sold out the garden, and uh, Elias' music is leading the way in the main event there. So I'm sure that's to come soon enough.
0: <laughs> Elias, is always a pleasure. We'll talk soon, and uh, you're doing great work. Keep it up.
2: Thank you, Mark. Good talking to you.
0: That is Elias. Who wants to walk with him? I know I always have. 412-333-9939. It's now time to ask Mark anything. You can ask me anything about Elias if you like. 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I would want total and absolute autonomy. Hey, Mark. Great show. Are you part psychic? Well, I'm actually more neurotic than psychic. The X at 105.9. Time now to ask Mark anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop house, so do check out Chipino in the Strip. It's the home of the Super Genius Burger, which is delightful, yes. Oh, Matt Hardy retired from in-ring. I probably should have mentioned that. Uh, I think it happened uh, late last week. We'll have Matt back on to talk about what a great run he had at career's end, and I think he's going to keep working for WWE as a backstage agent, putting together matches for other uh, superstars. But I don't believe he's done for good for a minute. Those guys, they get off the road, and A, they get antsy in the pantsy with nothing to do, and B, they start to feel better after like six or months or a year. They want to do it again, but uh, Matt's pretty beat up because he worked a high-risk style, so congratulations to him on a fantastic career. Dial four one two three three 333 wxdx to ask Mark anything. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin. Ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up? Do you pull the uh, toilet paper from the top or the bottom? Uh, I don't really know. Why does that matter? Uh, I don't know. A lot of people are passionate about it. I'm more pull from the top. I am not at all passionate about it, as witnessed by me not really knowing. So I imagine whatever way I put it on, on the day is the way it is for that role. Let's go to Matt in Davidsville. Matt. Hey, Mark. Ask Mark uh, I just want
2: to give a shout-out to my uh, buddy Dave, He's my neighbor. Yeah, goodbye. Oh, wait. Question for you. Who? Gonna... My buddy Dave. Who's Dave? He's my neighbor, the bird collector. He tweets you all the time. Yeah, nobody cares. Goodbye.
0: I thought you might know my friend Dave that coaches hockey, Dave Dorsey. Why, why would somebody call out and think they get do a shout-out? I mean, what, what is this, junior high radio? If If I would have reacted, but I would have dumped that. So from now on, that guy Dave, your friend Dave, is known as Ask Face Dave. Let's go to Matt in Delmont. Matt, ask Mark anything.
2: Hey, shout-out to Ass Face Goodbye!
0: Dave. Damn it! Let's go to Dick in Mount Lebanon. Dick. Ask Mark anything.
2: Yeah, Mark, uh, with that announcement earlier from Gene Collier that Mike Tomlin will be facing no further discipline, do you have That's a, pretty good, isn't it? It's excellent. Is he still allowed to play ping pong?
0: I'm missing a joke. What am I missing?
2: I didn't know if Antonio Brown had
0: banned him from ping pong. The way oh, and Tomlin to took away the game tables a few yeah, years ago. that was pretty heavy discipline. Well, did you hear the Colin Coward soundbite about... Uh, What Tomlin inherited from Cowher in terms of momentum and how it's dissipated? No, but I will
2: definitely check that out this evening.
0: Yeah, I retweeted it just now as well. Uh, If you look at the latter part of Tomlin's career, it's not been nearly as good as the first five years after he took over from Bill Cowher. Let's go to uh, Christine in the car. Christine, ask Mark anything.
2: Hi, Mark. I was wondering, considering your comment about self-loathing, what was the longest romantic relationship you've ever
0: had? I've had a 57-year one with myself. And I am full of self-loathing. I don't think I deserve to be happy. The only thing I know is I'm really good at this. Really, really, really good at this. Let's go to Garrett in Glenshaw, I think. Either that, or it's Glenn Gary, Glen Ross. What's your name, Garrett? Uh,
2: yeah. yeah, Mark. Actually, it's uh, SBC. I was just checking to see if any messages or shoutouts.
0: Okay, so that was pretty good. Tomorrow is not game day. Well, pre-game day. Well, not the. There's a game Monday, so Monday's the show, the prediction show, but. We'll still be on tomorrow. One oh five nine yes.